internet? Welcome to Film Theory, the show that reminds you to never trespass on private property because you might just get stuck in an analog horror series. Ladies and gentlemen, Kane Pixels has done it again. Taking a break from working on his backrooms feature film to give us a brand new series known as The Oldest View. And while the series certainly draws a lot of ideas and inspiration from Kane's backrooms videos, something that the series itself calls out, this is literally like the, uh, the backrooms. It is still very much its own thing. In case you've missed this one, The Oldest View is a more cinematic piece than Kane's previous Backrooms videos, combining his trademark found footage style with a couple of scenes that are more traditionally shot. In the series, we find ourselves behind the camera of a college YouTube vlogger named Wyatt. In what starts off as a normal hiking vlog, Wyatt takes us to this weird hole that he found at the base of a large tree, revealing a staircase that descends straight down into the earth and out of sight. And as any good YouTuber would, Wyatt decides to enter this obviously dangerous mysterious stairwell, all in pursuit of that sweet, sweet content. At the bottom, almost a mile underground, he finds something completely unexpected, an abandoned shopping mall. But unfortunately for Wyatt, though the mall's devoid of human life, he isn't alone. Slowly, he's stalked by a mysterious monster, a large papier-mâché statue on wheels pulled straight out of the uncanny valley, a statue who seems to hate the fact that his home has been disturbed. Let me tell you, I wasn't sure that Kane was going to be able to recapture the mysterious and horrific lightning in a bottle that he found with the backrooms, but it's been a while since a piece of media like this has kept me at the edge of my seat. And of course, just like with the backrooms, Kane has packed this thing to the gills with tons of hidden lore and blink and you'll miss it references. In other words, it was practically begging for an episode. The questions here are just too intriguing not to dive into. What is the oldest view really about? What's with this rolling giant thing and why is it stalking an abandoned mall? Heck, what even is the deal with that mall and why is it a mile underground? Well, when you actually stop and do the research, underneath the layers of analog horror is a touching story about longing for the past and how to embrace nostalgia without getting consumed by it. And the craziest part, all of it is told through the lens of real people, real places, and real history. Yeah, the monster here, it really exists. So grab your camera phones and let's go to the mall, loyal theorists. It's time we head down the stairs into the oldest view. So I feel like the best place to start is with a quick recap of the events that we see in the series itself. The first episode is a bit of a strange one, given Kane's previous releases. It's a lot more atmospheric and traditionally cinematic than his previous work with the backrooms. We open in a forest. Here we see a man walking around picking flowers and scribbling in a small notebook. But what's interesting is that while the forest around him is bustling with life, full of the green color that you'd expect to find in the woods, the man himself is black and white. Literally monochromatic. That said, we don't stick around with this guy long, quickly cutting to scenes of someone's terrifying arts and crafts project, eventually creating an ominous mask. Wonder if that one's gonna come up again. Spoiler alert, it does. The second and third episode take on a style a lot closer to what we've been used to, putting us in the shoes of Wyatt, the YouTube vlogger that we mentioned at the top of the episode. What's up guys, Wyatt here. Wyatt takes his viewers down the mysterious stairwell that he found in the middle of nowhere, descending down and out of sight before eventually finding himself in that abandoned mall. After exploring around for a bit, Wyatt finds that all the stores are closed and that the exits of the mall just lead out to rock walls. But while it seems Wyatt is alone at first, he eventually runs into this nightmare fuel. And this isn't just some weird modern art piece, this creature known as the Rolling Giant, starts to follow Wyatt around the mall, an inanimate object somehow coming to life and stalking him. I'm leaving. I'm trying to leave. Deciding that the views just aren't going to be worth it, Wyatt heads back to the stairs where he entered, only to find that he's been caved in. He's trapped in here with this murderous paper mache monster and only a few options. While running from the creature, Wyatt finds himself in the mall's backroom hallways, eventually leading to an office space that has a map of the mall and directions to another exit. But as Wyatt leaves the office backrooms and heads back into the main part of the mall, it's 
changed. It's become overgrown by plants and wildlife. Undeterred, Wyatt begins climbing for the exit that he found on the map. Unfortunately, the rafters collapse and Wyatt falls, only for the episode to once again shift into a more cinematic, atmospheric scene, similar to those of the first episode. Here, we see Wyatt's corpse and broken phone laying in the dirt of the same forest from the beginning, as the giant looks on, hidden in the trees. So, huh? What the heck's going on with this thing? Well, the way I see it, there are three main mysteries in the series so far. Number one, what's up with the mall? Number two, what is this monster supposed to be? And number three, what's it all trying to tell us? So let's just do our best to break down what we can, starting with what's going on in the mall. Almost immediately after discovering it, Wyatt finds a sign designating this as Valley View Center. There are also a bunch of references to the city of Dallas, Texas. I keep seeing Dallas show up. I thought this was a really strange and specific detail, so we did a bit of digging. We found that the Valley View Center is actually a very real place that actually existed in Dallas, Texas. But we should also note that the series clearly doesn't take place in Dallas, and likely not in Texas at all. First off, the flora and landscape in the outdoor area that we see towards the beginning of Wyatt's Vlogs looks a lot more like what you'd expect to find in Central California. This absolutely makes sense when you consider that Kane is from that part of California, but it's not just a production decision. As Wyatt's exploring the mall, he himself seems to think it's weird that he keeps seeing signs for Dallas everywhere. I keep seeing Dallas show up, but I'm not sure if it's talking about the city, but I've seen like two Texas shops, and it's on a lot of signs. So right off the bat, that's pretty darn weird, right? What's this mall from Dallas, Texas doing in California? And maybe more importantly, why is it underground? Well, it's important to note that the Valley View Center doesn't actually exist anymore. Just like most other malls in the US, the Valley View Center was hit hard by the 2000s, thanks in large part to online shopping and companies like Amazon taking much of their business. By 2012, the mall was bought out by an investment group called Beck Ventures, who didn't plan to save the dying mall, but instead demolish it and rebuild the land into a completely different shopping district known as Dallas Midtown. In fact, you can see part of Beck's plan to do this inside of the oldest view. As Wyatt's exploring the office space, you can spot several artistic renderings and publicity images displayed on one of the walls that he walks by. The very same ones that you can find in real life if you go to the actual website for the Dallas Midtown project. Why is that a big deal? Well, it's at this point that we should stop and acknowledge that, because this building was entirely demolished earlier this year, it means that everything we see inside the oldest view here is 100% CGI. Everything from the giant AMC to the name eight vegetables that start with B sign all painstakingly recreated digitally. And if the comments from Dallas locals are any indication, he did a bang up job of bringing their memories to life. I don't just bring that up to show how impressive Kane's work here is. He chose this specific mall and these specific assets on the walls for reasons. And it all comes down to the rolling giant that stalks Wyatt throughout the video. Why? Well, this leads us to mystery number two. What's the deal with the monster? Follow me here. Like most cities do, Dallas is no stranger to gassing up their local celebrities that either came from the city or help put the city on the map. But while most other cities would just leave it at building statues or naming buildings after that famous person, Dallas does something a little bit different with their metaphorical giants. They turn them into literal giants. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. See, in 2012, a group of local artists in Dallas organized something they called the Parade of Giants, where many famous Dallasonians from the city's past would be lovingly recreated as large statues. Statues that would then get rolled through the streets. You see where I'm going with this one, right? At the same time as the Parade of Giants, before the Valley View Center was sold and demolished, many of its storefronts were rented to local artists to showcase their work in a push known as the Gallery at Midtown, something we see referenced not only on the first sign that Wyatt comes across, but also all across the mall. One of these artists was Kevin Obregon. We can actually see his studio among others as Wyatt strolls across the mall, and the giant that he created for the parade? Yep, it is one and the same with the giant that we see stalking Wyatt throughout the mall, a statue who was the literal poster child for the Parade of Giants. So if these statues are meant to be real people important to Dallas history, who is this giant based on? Well, according to the description for the third episode, the creature is credited to Obregon and named the Julian Reverschon Giants. If you didn't know, and I mean, why would you know this, Julian Reverschon was a botanist, someone who studies plants, born in France in 1837. Now, those factoids right there should already be connecting some dots for you. Firstly, the giant itself seems to be made of plants. Secondly, the stairwell down to this creepy abandoned mall, it was found at the base of a large tree, again showing a connection with plants. And finally, our point of view character Wyatt, what's he studying in college? again? Oh yeah, botany. I was able to get a couple of trail cameras from my old botany professor. Clearly there's meant to be a connection here, and perhaps this is a clue as to why the mall is so far underground beneath a tree. It is the roots to our story. Anyway, in 1856, Julien Reverchon and his father moved to the U.S., heading for a settlement called La Réunion, which is now Dallas, Texas. Unfortunately, travel took ages back in the 1800s, and by the time they eventually got there, La Réunion had basically collapsed. Instead of just turning around though and heading back to France, Reverchon stuck around and joined the nearby community of Dallas back when it was only a few hundred farmers. And from there, he was pretty instrumental in the development of Dallas into the metropolis that it is today, becoming something of a local celebrity while expanding his plant collections and teaching others about botany at Baylor University College. Reverchon Park in the city was even named after Julien after he died. Reverchon is clearly an important person to this story. Not only is this creature based on a real sculpture of the guy, but it isn't the only time that he shows up. During the third episode, when Wyatt returns of the store that he found the giant in, there's a portrait of a man in one of the storefronts, labeled Julian Reverschon. In front of it is a single twig with leaves on it, a nod to the giant and Reverschon's career as a botanist. Finally, Reverschon is also our connection to the mysterious man in the first episode of The Oldest View. Remember that guy? The dude stuck in black and white while the rest of the forest is green? Well, on IMDb, the character is credited as Julian Reverschon. He's the dude who's out here existing in nature, picking flowers, scribbling in his notebook, doing his general botanisty things, which brings us then to mystery number three. Why? What, what does any of this even mean? This series clearly has a lot of very specific, very regional references to real-world people, events, and history. This stuff was not put here on accident. This isn't meant to be a bunch of Easter eggs or random decisions. This all means something, and I think we can decipher it starting here, in the back rooms of the mall. Well, in the office, Wyatt finds himself a piece of paper that describes fire safety protocols for the Valley View Center. It is very detailed. It even refers to several other documents with numbers on them, each with a specific purpose. But if you break down the numbers, they all have hidden meanings. They're all dates that describe very specific periods of time. Document 18551857 can be broken down into the years 1855 and 1857, the exact date range that the La Réunion settlement outside of Dallas existed. Remember, this was the place that Reverchon was leaving France for, before the community collapsed and Reverchon was forced to move to Dallas. The next document, 19732023, refers to the dates 1973 to 2023. If you dig into 
into the history of the Valley View Center Mall, you'll find that it was first built in 1973, and that the last remnant of it was demolished earlier this year in 2023. And finally, the third document references 1837 and 1905, the years Reverchon was born and died. But we can actually take things even deeper by looking at the instructions attached to each of these numbers. See, these aren't just Easter eggs, they're clues to tell us what the series is trying to say, at least thematically. Document 1855-1857, the one referencing La Réunion, refers to emergency assembly points, places to safely gather in the event of a fire, described as a safe distance from the building if it were ever to have structural issues from damage. If this is meant to be where you go in the case of an emergency, it cannot be a coincidence that the numbers are pointing to a town that ultimately didn't survive. It's pretty ironic. One that's even more interesting, though, is document 1837-1905, the one pointing to Reverchon's life. This one is talking about what people should do if the exit routes become inaccessible. In other words, this document seems to be thematically telling us the way out of this situation. The way to solve Wyatt's problem and escape from this danger is going to be looking at Reverchon himself, his life, his decisions, what was important to him, and what the giant represents throughout the series. What do I mean by that? Well, think about what we actually see the Reverchon giant doing throughout the videos. He aggressively follows Wyatt and spooks him, but he doesn't kill Wyatt. In fact, the only real indication that we have of what the giant's after, as the giant corners him, Wyatt asks, What do you want? And the giant shows him something strange. The lights flicker, and suddenly there's a pair of dead horses and dead men on the floor. These are clearly things that Riverchon, the real one, would have witnessed at some point during his life. These men dressed in old-timey clothes and the horses and whatnot, classic cowboy stuff, all a flash from Riverchon's past. And this sense of a flashback isn't just present here. In the first episode of the series, as Riverchon is picking flowers and the giants being made, we can hear a song titled When the Swallows Homeward Fly. And if you listen to the lyrics, they very much lean into these same feelings of sadness and nostalgia. Quote, when the summer days are gone, when the roses fade and die and no more is heard the song, parting, oh parting is grief and pain. This is a song about nostalgia, because this is a series about nostalgia, both the good and the bad ways that you can hold on to it. Honestly, this song, this is what made everything click for me. As I was really sitting down to crack the series, the decision to tell this story with Reverschel and these themes in a mall of all places really bothered me. Like sure, I guess the sculpture's from here, but why I dive into this particular story with this man in this place. And then it hit me. Just before Wyatt exits the back rooms and finds them all overtaken by plants, you can see this poster for just the briefest of moments. It reads, Do you accept this impermanence? That right there? Not exactly a motivational phrase you'd expect to find in a typical workplace, especially one that has been so painstakingly recreated by Kane. No, this poster was put here to make a point. And, uh, you know what's truly impermanent in this series? The mall. It's gone. It is a vacant lot in Dallas, Texas now. Evidence of its impermanence for all to see. That is what the oldest view is about. It's a nostalgia trip for anyone from the area. And you don't have to take my word for it. Out of the nearly 17,000 comments left on the third episode at the time that I'm writing this, Kane chose to like just four of them. Each one mentioning the strange sense of nostalgia that they got from seeing this mall that they remember but will never see again in real life. Even if you aren't from Dallas, if you're a certain age range, you're probably still going to be feeling a similar sense of nostalgia. Sure, almost everyone who's watched or will ever watch the oldest view will have never stepped foot into the Valley View Center but malls were very much a ubiquitous part of American culture for decades. But as more and more of life has shifted online, it is harder and harder for malls to stay in business. Many have closed their doors forever, with estimates saying that only 700 are still open in the U.S. in 2022. Nostalgia is a powerful emotion. It's bittersweet. It also brings a certain type of comfort. Scientists have used nostalgia to alleviate depression and homesickness in soldiers, and I think that is the feeling that the oldest view is trying to capture here, despite the spoopy, scary imagery. Look back 
at those comments that people from Dallas left about seeing Valley View in the video. None of them were sad. They were grateful. They were happy to reminisce about this thing that was a part of their lives and is now forever gone. They were able to bask in that impermanence one final time. It was important to them to honor that memory and not to just milk it for clout and then run away from it afraid like Wyatt, which is why he eventually had to die. Impermanence is the way of nature. It's the way of life. All things eventually come to an end and you either embrace that or else you're fighting a losing battle. That's something a botanist like Reverchon would know all too well. But hey, that's just a theory. A film theory. And cut.